0: Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff here. Another uh, thrilling episode of the Beer Engine Podcast with uh, maximum energy, maximum excitement. Coming at you, drinking West Coast IPA. Expect a totally... A totally inverted experience from the normal, and in that spirit, I would like to welcome welcome in uh, my partner, a famous professional podcaster. Uh, has never really had any other job than that, even though I might have been making some up. But in the spirit of West Coast IPA, I'm going to say professional podcaster, a man who studied at the at the foot of world the world famous Scott Whitney, the world famous Brian Malika, and. Really, he might he, the, the, has, the, has the student become the master, one might say. Uh, it's Tony. Tony, how are you doing?
0: I'm good, but you didn't go back far enough in my podcast tutelage, because yes, I was a student of Brian Malika, but I was also a student of his mentor. Sam. Kooten. Oh yeah, that guy. Sam? My, yeah. From my sports radio, which was ahead of its time. You look at all these sports networks that have popped up around sports and how shitty some of them are. I'm looking at you, David Locke, for Locked On Sports. That is a really shitty sports network. My sports radio was exactly that, and it it was not an improvement on that. It, it wasn't worse <laughs> than that, um, and I edited a shit ton of shows for, for that channel.
1: But you feel like you should have gotten, like, at least what, Locked on sports or something is is getting out of that right, which I'm sure is some ads, you know, or like some listener amount, right? I mean, do you feel <laughs> like you got you at least you are as good as them? Maybe you should have gotten what they get to a degree.
0: Well, I know Brian got a couple of um, bucks from it, and because Brian was the main star of that network shows, how how far Brian goes back with podcasts? Damn. He goes he goes way back. Um, I would love.
1: I I think that's cool though, and I know that that wasn't anything. But I would love to be the main star of anything. Yes, I don't. I can't. I mean, just if somebody wants to come and hey, we want to make you the headliner of you know some bullshit. I'd be like, oh, oh really? Oh, that's cool. You know. huh. you know,
0: see, I think anybody uh, that does a podcast has an ego and it doesn't have to be a huge asshole ego, but we've, we've got to pad something out. Even, even me, who I would consider myself a real introvert, and maybe you're the same where we don't need energy from external forces, but boy, do we need some validation from to broadcast out to six or seven people on a weekly basis to get our opinions (laughs) about a subject we care about. And I, uh, I'm not going I to exclude myself that from least, that.
1: I, I, I don't know if they're listening, but I, I am confident that we are we are reaching double digits in subscribers, um, <laughs> if not
0: double-digit thousands. Um, you are probably right there. But I, I was speaking for podcasts generically. Look, I know some oh yeah. podcasts don't get a lot of numbers, like Mark Maron, no, Joe yeah. Rogan. They maybe get, what, three downloads between them.
1: yeah i think uh i think joe rogan i i would love to meet the three guys downloading joe rogan actually um i guess i know a couple that like joe rogan i'm not really a big joe rogan guy but whatever
0: um the problem with with joe rogan is like most podcasters they uh they have a little bit of knowledge so therefore they're dangerous but the problem with joe rogan is he gets these really extreme guests on and that little bit of knowledge isn't often enough to push back against the likes of your Ben Shapiro's, um, your Alex Jones's, yeah. uh, Jordan Peterson, all the he has, intellectual he dark has, web people.
1: He has the Alex Jones body. He's getting the Alex Jones body. He's sort of <laughs> shaping into him, weirdly enough. So um, losing
0: his neck completely because that's how Alex of, has gone.
1: I, Joe Rogan in two years, I'm sure, will be uh, full-on um, – whoever whatever the next trump backer is because he just kind of has to switch to whatever the opposition is but um well today was uh, at least some a, a somewhat meaningful day in that it was inauguration day um i do love time stamping these shows so that should nail it down for you um what is life like in joe biden's america boy um if you looked at twitter you would think it's uh, we are living in, in a, a special kind of paradise, never yet equaled in, a, in the history of any nation and especially America. Uh, but one wonders if, uh, maybe we're overshooting what is possible for a 9,000 year old man like, like Joe Biden that said, uh, I suppose it is nice to not have Donald Trump kind of willowing about, um, The nation. Although I am going to miss uh, a lot of the guys that were part of his world. So, So Tony, what's the view? What's the view from Australia on your uh, on inauguration day?
0: It really hasn't been a big thing. We we've laughed at Trump because Mm -hmm. I don't think we've had this much exposure to a changeover. I really don't think we had as much as. Um. I don't think we had as much last time when Trump took office. No. I really don't think we know what to do with ourselves as far as coverage. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the nightly five-minute package that used to fill our news that Trump was a big part of. Trump shit. Yeah, Yeah. whether it was either Trump or one of his many people that orbit him. So as an Australian, I'm not sure how it will go, whether we'll just go back to sort of five minutes a week of American politics on our nightly news bulletins that's probably how it'll go and we'll cover the major events and that'll be it we won't be covering it piece by piece like we had been so
1: when i when i look at the trump admin i think i'm gonna miss the guys the most just the floating in the trump orbit guys and not even really that i thought they were good or interesting obviously they weren't good and really they usually weren't interesting but they had great names you got to say they had great names Um, my favorite is still Dan Boingo. I love Dan Boingo. (laughs) I know that's not his name. Do not call me and tell me his name is not Dan Boingo, but I will always love Dan Boingo. So big ups for Dan Boingo. The other guy I loved, I can't remember his name and I looked it up and I still couldn't say it. And it's like Tony Boboli. I know Boboli is a pizza, but it's like Tony
0: Tony Bobolinski.
1: Uh, Tony Boboli is a different guy. I think he came up with those little pizza crusts that you used to buy <laughs> at the Jewel. Um, but Tony Bobulinski, I'll never, I, and I've, I've made this world up in my head, but I just see Trump getting up there, and and there's some post on Twitter or something that says, we will be challenging this. Our council, led by Tony Bo- Boboli and Dan Boingo, will be <laughs> leading the fight, and you're just like, yeah, cool. You know, like that sounds good. And congrats to those guys. I think Tony Bogolinsky was actually involved in the Ukraine thing somehow. But.
0: Yeah, he was. He was um, the one she... pushing Hunter's laptop, whether he was the repairman, was he?
1: Yeah, maybe. If you look at that list of those guys, it's just a classic set of names, right? It's Lev Parnas and it's the Ukrainian guys and the uh, there's a Svetlana mixed in there. And there then, is. You know, it's,
0: she was the one that held all... the meeting at Trump Tower.
1: Yeah, you you remember all this shit. All this is like it just it just whizzed past me. You
0: know, I didn't care. <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm going to miss some of the females as well. Well, I'm going to miss one because I loved her downfall right at the end because she was like a an anti-truth robot um, that just fell apart in the last two weeks of the administration, and that is Kaylee McInerney. She was sure. like this shell of a human being for. What did we have her for two years as press secretary and for five years as somebody involved in Trump, Trump's it have, orbit?
1: It was only a year. How long was um,
0: Huckabee's daughter in there? Uh, you could be right there. But the thing is we had Spicer, which wasn't quite a year, Scaramucci. Yeah. And then no, we I had,
1: loved him. That was good. He
0: was 12 days. And then there was um, Sanders. Who was much more polished, much more evil in a way. And then- have you ever watched
1: the Huckabee show? I would love to see. I hope she does she does some guest spots on it, because that show is fantastic. <laughs> and it- all the like music bits. We should we should call them up and see if they'll do music for us. I would love that. In, in case you missed it, in case you missed it, that song, I love that song <laughs> so much. And, it- and then he then he gets up there and is just like Bill Johnson painted his fence the other day and his wife said, you have a big penis or something. And it's like, (laughs) why is he doing this? What is this? He's trying to make like a slightly risque joke and it just absolutely (laughs) dies on the table. It's unbelievable. That show, you guys have to watch Huckabee. Go out there, look for Huckabee. You'll find it on YouTube. And just, there's just the gags are so bad and just pregnant pauses every five, more than on, even on this show. Honestly,
0: it reminds me of an, more innocent time on Fox News, and that is a time specifically around 2003 to 2006. Oh, sure. Uh, I think they had Pat, Pat Sajak as a host on Fox, <laughs> and I'm specifically thinking of their weekend programming. That was absolutely phenomenal. Before they got yeah. the, the likes of Judge Janine, Maria Bartiromo, they had Pat, Pat Sajak, so- they had... A bunch of other people that just had no charisma at all. Uh Mike Huckabee, I think, had a show there at some stage that and he did those music bits. Cause I think he's a bass player, isn't he? In some like Christian he church is, that's thing. That's
1: right. Because he, he would play he's I've seen him. So they record that it's not what's the news network that's on. It's like some fucking
0: It's not Patriot newsmax
1: news or some bullshit. Um yeah. oh,
0: I forget what um, it's on. He,
1: uh, it's not OAN either. It's
0: No fun. God no. It's, And it's, they they bought the studio,
1: they bought the studio that like, um, was, uh, uh, shit country music guy in Nashville. Oh, he's dead. Um, (laughs) he had a huge, no, that's Vegas. You got Wayne (laughs) Newton. Um, he had a, he, oh, God damn it. He had this huge, um, Recording studio, uh, old man, I mean, dead old man now, but uh, he, um, I'll have to look it up. I'll, I'll, try to remember who it was, but I can't, the guy's name is just like, uh, I, all I'm thinking of is the, um, I'm unfortunately thinking of the mega church guys. I thought of Creflo dollar. I'm like, no, that's mega church. That's different. I can't think of the right guys, but, um, old, like, like old good country music guy. I don't know if he was a good guy. I you know it's like country music the way it was, you know? Um, And, uh, he died and they bought that studio and turned it into a big news place. I don't know going on too long about the Huckabee (laughs) thing. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you, because I know on this show we have, I, you know, certainly my wife has been on the show. Uh, we tend to be of, you know, the far left persuasion, but at the same time, I also, um, and I, and we are certainly, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're not, not the not the type to spend a lot of time objectifying women. Have spent a lot of time talking about brewers that do that really in a bad way. But I would like to. I think it's okay to objectify the women who are killing us and stuff. Uh, I don't care. Uh, yeah, I don't all- care about make, making fun of the looks of some e- of an evil piece of shit. Does not like calling Trump a big fat lardo is not body shaming to me. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck that guy. So um, all these we have all these women in the Trump orbit. So are, are you willing to admit? at all that you thought any of these are you going to miss any of these uh you know Alyssa farah types and say like well you know she was just she's much better looking than anyone that biden's going to push out there
0: the only problem is um they they probably are to look at but then they open their mouths and it's hard i find it hard when it comes to political opinion to disassociate somebody from their own voice I'm when not feeling actually,
1: romantic about them in any way, but, you know.
0: But e- of, even sexual, no. to, to hate fuck them, I think is a challenge. Um, because <laughs> then you, you think about the noises that they're that going to make. It's it's not going to be great. Um, and they're probably vicious women and they're probably going to belittle me. Wow, this is getting really deep and dark. This is, <laughs> this is headed to a place exactly is where that, you wanted it.
1: And- and you said you don't like that, or I guess we do. We do have more differences than, than we once thought. I see. Um, um, but like somebody you're kind like of turning me on, like oh, they are going to belittle me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but and, somebody and they like put their heels into some certain spots. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> what else
0: can they do? But like you um, look at somebody like Kelly MacKenzie. How do you like? How can you very mouse
1: looking type person? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then there's this 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 shell of a person, like you're not having sex with anybody. You're having sex with a living doll at that point with racist opinions. So no, (laughs) it's it's not to say I wouldn't have sex with problematic people, just with those that are outwardly spoken from the Trump orbit. No, there wasn't anybody in that orbit other than, I wouldn't go gay for many people, but Mike Lindell would be one guy. I would.
1: <laughs> I, if Mike Lindell wants to come on the show, I'm more than happy to have him. Uh, he, he's, boy, uh, he is. Uh, he has gone full, I hope he's a listener. Actually, I, I was going to say, I hope he don't. he's not a listener, and then I corrected myself on the fly to say, I hope he is a listener. He's gone full rando. We got to say that Mike Lindell <laughs> has, has gone full rando and – I am living as close as to as anyone has ever listened to the show to where Rando lived. A mere, I would say, a block and a half from yes. a Siegel Suites that I have at least some relative confidence that I am that Rando did live there. And 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 I think I have channeled him to understand that Mike Lindell has has dialed in the spirit of Rando. He is still alive, but he has he has a, <laughs> he has absorbed some of the spirit of Rando, and we got to give it up for that. So he's. He's, of course, welcome on the show. We just yeah. ask that he does the same thing as Rando and kind of get his mouth like one centimeter from the microphone <laughs> and smack his lips every three seconds. Uh, the. Um, so, right. Okay. So, my answer to the question is Hope Hicks, but we'll just uh, go really? ahead and move on.
0: Look, <laughs> you're probably right there because she's probably <laughs> spoken a lot less than anybody else, but those, those puffy dresses don't do it for me because she goes with the big shoulder sure. pads. I, I've looked. Trust me, I've tried, dude. I've tried to find somebody attractive in this orbit, but yeah, no. Hope Hicks is as probably as close as they come because she didn't often speak in public. Kind of like a male version, female version of Jared Kushner, except oh, wow. probably more powerful um, because she has some shit on Trump, no doubt. Um, but I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not repulsed by it, but. No, she still doesn't do it for me. Is there going to be anybody in Biden's orbit that does it for me? No. But are there many, many political figures that do, that I do find attractive? It's not many.
1: Amy Coney Barrett, baby. She's got a <laughs> girl's got a wagon on her. Uh, She's here walking around in that Senate chamber. Yeesh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my, my, my sort of summary of the last four years that I wanted to get out on air for some reason and nobody cares is that I think exactly what I, Tony, we might've, we might've talked about this maybe on table, uh, table for eight, or maybe, um, just in personal chats or maybe when I was uh, half in the bag in one of our early shows. Um, uh, I, I sort of made the gander that this, this would be essentially what would happen is a whole lot of no legislating uh, and we would uh, Trump would tear through about four cabinets. And I think that's just about what happened. Um, now, the unfortunate thing is that he's installed about 300 goose steppers into the judiciary. That's probably not ideal. And I'm sure he's burrowed his kids and all his other little freaks deep within the uh, government that are going to rear their you know little heads once in a while. But even in what he, I didn't li- watch his, uh, farewell, but based on the summary, I read trying to summarize what he did was sort of a stretch to even kind of capture a handful of, of accomplishments legislatively because his team was horrible at legislating and had a horrible legal outfit. And now the fear that should bring up is that the next guy probably won't be as bad at it and probably won't have as bad of a legal outfit. Um, that said, um, you know, I guess I, all of a sudden the sort of at the end of his term has sort of thrown, I I would have assumed that there'd be no doubt that another Trump like fellow will be posturing up in the posting up in the Republican party in four years. But I think um, the last two weeks have really thrown them for a loop. So now they're kind of, I think they're sort of spinning in circles and maybe in a week, everybody will forgotten about everything and it'll just be back to status quo. But um, and that was pretty much my my feeling. As this is wrapped up, it's like damn, a whole it, everything is worse. And because of a whole lot of nothing happening, things are really bad. Because we kind of needed some stuff to happen here in the last year, but really nothing happened, and a lot of people were are dead. And that was yep. sort of the the end of the, the 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 end of the the Trump experience. Is that uh we couldn't get anything passed, and some people died, and we got eighteen hundred dollars. I guess
0: I I feel like the last portion of the Trump administration has done damage to 5% of the Republican Party. And by that I mean I think there are 5% that are not willing to publicly admit that they were scammed into voting for this guy or were passively voting for this guy. But I think you will see some damage that somebody like Trump won't be able to get elected for at least another 12 to 16 years. Yeah. So I don't see somebody like a, a is it Josh Holly getting, um, oh, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That guy might be too stupid. I, I was scared of Tom Cotton, but I, I think he might be, um, I don't think he can inspire the, the freaks quite as much. He's a little bit vanilla.
0: He, he's way too vanilla. And that, that sort of 5% of the base that's wary could be enough to dissuade those people, um, from, from gaining any traction. Now, will it happen again? Yes, of course it'll happen again, but we've got to um, sort of lose the stank of the last part of the Trump administration, not just the last couple of weeks, but his coronavirus response.
1: Probably the last year, yeah. yeah. It's been pretty pretty awful. Yeah. But um, certainly his right.
0: response to the freaks that got in the chamber that were all dressed up, um, whether they be in, in full um, racist Indian garb Mystic, the yeah. Q, QAnon mystic, or a former US Olympian um, in his US oh, yeah, USA yeah. team uniform.
1: Boy, like, at least he wasn't easy to identify.
0: Gee whiz. Yeah, like you're six foot um, six, wear a fucking mask, even if are, even if it's a breathe through mask. I get it that you don't believe in the virus, but for fuck's sake, you're easy enough to identify in the first place. Just do something. Dye your hair pink for fuck's sake.
1: Check. And, and my last thing on this will be check the QAnon guys for the last, the last day. They've been pretty funny. If I mean, me, me, me and Tony, I don't think can we, it's it, every meme is out there. That's those oh. guys saying, like, Oh, I'm going to, what am I supposed to do now? Kill myself or yep. uh, I've been outcast for my family for this. <laughs> and they're all freaking out. But when, when the next, a weird thing is going to happen next week or something, right? A weird thing happens all the goddamn time here, right? Weird shit happens in, in every country. So something's gonna happen where like um, some like third rate how, you know senator, state senator in fucking Minnesota dies or something, and, or or whatever gets kidnapped or something, and it's like oh Q is back and he's he's sending this message. You know one all it has to be is one fucking thing. Yep. You know and and then they'll all be back. So I don't, I'm not taking that seriously for a second. You know it's it's not gonna. It, I don't think it's going to take long for them to find something loony to latch on to.
0: But the thing with Q is it's so diverse. You can't. It's not one idea. There were people that believed that JFK <laughs> was still alive. JFK Jr., yep. sorry, not JFK. Everybody saw his brain splattered out across yep, the uh, back true. of the car. But JFK Jr. was still alive. There were a lot that, that weren't fans of that. There there were some that were stay true to the message, do nothing, be passive. There were, there were others that were aggressively... Um, courting violence. So so Q, the Q movement is a very large and broad brush to paint people with. My most fun branch of current QAnon, because QAnon hasn't gone away, you're right there, it's just not as uh, front and centre as it was as people try to right. rearrange their ideas. But the, the ones that have already rearranged their ideas, there's a group within them that is just so fun. Trump was a good guy, right? We all know this with, with QAnon. And he was a white hat. What they've right, done yeah. now is they've found another white hat. Did you want to know who that white hat is?
1: Um, yes, I would love to know who it is. I, I would I was I was willing to posture a guess.
0: Okay, posture a guess for me but I
1: don't but I don't, I, I don't think I'll even get the world of I don't, I don't even think I'll get the right fucking vertical where he lives in you know I don't even think, I doubt it's a politician
0: but take a stab give me give me a name.
1: Boy, I would say someone like uh, someone in the realm of like of of one of these um, like, like Chuck Willer Chuck Willery or something like that. You know, one of those type of guys.
0: You know, you are so wrong. Okay, um, he he lives somewhere that somebody else involved in in the Q universe used to live. Um, does that give you any pointers to who it could be?
1: No, I I, no. He lives, no, I think you're going to have
0: that. He lives currently at 1600 Pennsylvania oh, Avenue.
1: <laughs> Joe, so now Joe Biden is the white hat of jo- Q?
0: Yes. And it's he's, just
1: whoever the president is. That's funny.
0: And he's oh, working... He's not even clever. No, it's, this is Q. Who said it has oh, to know, be clever. clever? Nobody yeah. ever said QAnon was clever. These are people that went to fucking... Eight chan and eight kun They weren't even it's, on four chan. Yeah,
1: these, these aren't smart people, but yeah, it's just like now. Now it's just like power <laughs> worshiping, which is which is sort of weird for something like that. It feels like it would usually be like opposition. Um,
0: but that's the whole know, thing with Q. Yeah, is is that they're trying to get these global elites out, and Joe Biden yeah. is now the one keeping the global elites at bay. That that makes even less sense than Trump.
1: Yeah. Did, he watch, did they watch police. the inauguration where even I was getting creeped out looking at the Clintons and the bushes walk in? I'm like, oh, for freaking me, that's nasty. Uh,
0: yep, but we know who they are. This was the thing. Trump tried to betray the himself the devil, as, somebody, yeah. as somebody else as, as an outsider. He's not. He's absolutely He's one of those guy. guys. He's just less intelligent than those guys and um, –
1: he knew all those guys. He was on the island yep. with those guys.
0: Especially. Absolutely he was.
1: All right, Tony. We should uh, – let's let's get off our bullshit for a little bit. Um, We can go out about this forever, and I'm sure we will. So uh, we did get some fan mail this week, and we had some fan art and some fun discussions on the Discord. Uh, I did want to talk about our fan mail. It's from our old friend, DJK, DJ Collin. He is back He's got problems with us as usual. Actually, it's his lawyer, I believe. He does, but he does yes. write from from the moniker DJK. I don't know if he's DJ Calloyer.
0: Well, very- here's <laughs> the thing: he's he's taking his cues from early Donald Trump. Remember when Donald Trump was just a New York businessman struggling for press, and he would actually ring the press sure. under a false name. I think this is what. Um, dj keller is doing i think he probably mm-hmm. is a qualified barrister or lawyer um <laughs> he probably went to prager u or um what's the arizona one that's not a real school as well uh,
1: grand canyon
0: <laughs> grand canyon university he went to one that's of those a Real one.
1: i think that's a real university they have a basketball team at least if prager university gets a basketball team <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm front row baby <laughs> um who would be, right. so who would be there? Like, um, could you imagine their front court? Like, it's probably Ben Shapiro in the front court of all places. I can imagine him playing like center in the Prairie U. Prager
1: Prager has the weirdest voice, man. It's so odd <laughs> to listen to that guy talk. All right, so here's what uh here's what we got from the DJ from our man, uh, gentlemen. We've given you ample time to respond to our requests. We are stopping the steal of our podcast. Sort of some nice language there. Uh, not triggering at all. Your display of fake salty news is over. We will lead the world to great taste in the utopian society where salty flows from faucets, hazy IPAs, shower us from rain clouds, and every beverage gets five stars and untapped. Well, I, I don't know. I felt like I was already leading the charge for that. Cause, <laughs> you know I mean?
0: Apparently uh, not cause- enthusiast- enthusiastically enough. And yeah, it wasn't like we were trying to shower other brands with love. We were doing our bit the deej,
1: i thought so but you know uh he uh says we're both trapped in his well uh we send no love down to me to you instead we ask that you pay the 0.023 bitcoin subscription fee to listen to our podcast that is a steep fee if you've checked <laughs> what the conversion rate on that that is about that's about eight hundred dollars um,
0: I believe you're right there. Look, we can just hold on for another three or four weeks and that'll be down to $8, that charge, with yeah, the volatility like of Bit- Bitcoin. I should have sold
1: mine. I was up to 200 and I didn't do it. And <laughs> request that you post the attached show announcement on your social media outlets. So I have to do that. It was in Celsie, DJ Khaled, and M Trains. I think that's Megan Trainers. Yeah, tra- team. Uh, we still PS, we stole your identities as well. It's just easier that way. Well, that's fine. My identity is not super valuable. So uh, it's got a nice um, – <laughs> this is funny. He just um, he just stole our bios and stuck DJ Khaled and Megan Trainor's name and face in front of the bios that I wrote for us. And uh, he threw in a picture of Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade, which my ass is on when I can find that. I will be all about Wow. It light seltzer lemonade hook it up baby Yep. Yeah. um I I hope as long as it doesn't taste like a mic's hard i'll be I'll be happy
0: but yep. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: sweet so yeah uh if if I can trade in i will I will give a 20 minute review about of the bud light seltzer lemonade if that if that's I think that's worth more than the eight hundred dollars because um Frankly, I, I won't find it. So I can't find $800, but I can give you a 20-minute review of, of Bud Light, Seltzer, Lemonade, all all the variants
0: too. So let's now, go with that. DJ Khaled is – he's an ideas man, and he's given me an idea with this email. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking let's reshoot Willy Wonka. Let's make <laughs> it yeah, – They're going an, to, I think. Let's make it an alcohol-centric show. So okay. rather than a chocolate factory, let it be – and Anheuser Busch factory, let Wonka become that. Sure. So you know the scene with the Oompa Loompas and the chocolate river. Of Course, yep. Yeah. Everything that went on there, I could, I, I could follow. All that the guys,
1: river. you know, yeah, yeah. they're all in there. Oh, it would uh, be so you, good. Did I mention on the show? I probably did that. Uh, they're they're building a new building for Seltzer at Anheuser-Busch, I, I think that's very good. That's very excellent. If I didn't say that, they are. I did get from an inside source that they are building a whole new building at the Anheuser-Busch campus in St. Louis for just seltzer production. There are, so people are going nuts for, for BL seltzers.
0: I think they're doing it the wrong way. I think what they should be doing is repurposing their entire operation to seltzer and using this new building to produce beer. That's just my hmm. view on the beer seltzer Continuum, as we as we currently see it, the balance of power is with Celsa. They are the hype train. They are the. I was going to say Zion Williamson, but he's been nowhere this season, so not Zion Williamson. Yeah, he's nothing. Yeah, yeah, he's the he the Ant.
1: Oh yeah, we we love them. We love that guy. He's amazing. Um, so Tony, I was doing some drinking this week. I'm actually drinking a beer right now that I wanted to talk about. We we said at the beginning of the show that I was drinking non East coast IPA and is because I am drinking a classic West coast IPA that is available out here in Las Vegas. It is called Swami's IPA by pizza port brewing company. This is about as classic as it gets. This one's pretty fresh. Although, you know, these beers kept cold, hold together much better. This one was canned on 1221. So about a month old now, but, uh, Cold storage will do a lot for your beer, and um, this one, this one's tasting just fine. No issues here after a month with with the Swamis. Now, uh, really enjoyed this, and I've already knocked off a couple cans of it in the last couple of days.
0: So. I'm kind of confused by it though, because it's it's clear. Um, are you telling me it's the clear. beers can be clear? This is this is something foreign to me because I'm I'm drinking a a Far Festival um, juicy hazy peach sour at the moment. And it is juicy and it is hazy. I'm holding it up to the screen. I cannot see you yeah. through it. Um, it is it is super dense. It also tastes like I'm I'm eating a peach. And you've got this this beverage that that's golden, but you can see yourself through it, or you can see me through it if you hold it up to the camera. Um, yeah, no, I can, really I can see be... all kinds.
1: Of, I can see all kinds of stuff through here. You know, I could read. I can't really read through it, but. Um... <laughs> It's, uh, it's amazing. I, uh, I, I've been shocked at the amount of clear beer I have been taking, taking down here because the, the West coast beers are, they're, we're come close. It's all right there, baby. Um, so uh, it's been, it's been pretty convenient. Uh, although, you know, part of that is just due due to necessity because burial can only come so often, but, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I've been drinking lager as much as usual and actually found a lager also I wanted to talk about um, that I think can stand up to a lot of the most of the lagers I've had out east, out in Chicago. Up to
0: Heliostat?
1: It's not quite Heliostat, but it's in the ballpark. Um, it was from OEC. Now, OEC is a brewery that I'm going to attempt to pronounce their name and do it wrong. It's a Latin Name Ordinum Eccentricity Cock <laughs> You uh, said cock. That, I said <laughs> cock. cock. Cock stories, and um, it is a cool ship lager, and it was, you know, fermented in their big stone cool ship. It's not sour or anything, obviously, you know, and uh, it was, it's wonderful. I I couldn't drink that beer fast enough. Um, Very yeasty. A lot of the qualities that, um, you know, as Vickle beer type beer has, sort of has this natural bready, you know, not sourdough, but sort of like not far from sourdough, if that makes sense, you know. Not sour like sourdough, but has like the the... Kind of the initial bite, like the the, the yeastiness of sourdough, maybe probably. saison-like almost in a borderline yeah. way.
0: I, I would um, say it's probably a true sourdough because I don't know whether you have it in America, but but we have some sourdough bakers um, adulterating their bread with a a almost vinegar-based product to add mm. more sourness to their bread. Yet, yeah. I have a bakery that is not particularly local to me but they they do sell their product in in my hometown and it's a sea salt bakery um from spawn reach which is another 50 minutes east of where i live and they do uber traditional 48 mm-hmm. hour sourdough loaves and they're exactly yeah. the the kind of flavors that you're talking about they're not the harsh acid whack that you sometimes get from a sourdough. This is it's more not- a subtle yeastiness that's a little bit more yeah. complex and it's hard to put your finger on why it's different to normal bread it's and like specifically warm, normal sourdough.
1: Had like a warm bread taste to it somehow. I don't know. It was um really, really wonderful. <laughs> so uh that'll be coming home again. And honestly my so the cans I bought had been had been conditioning in the fridge since like September. And uh didn't bug me. I mean there's no reason that it should go bad because it's not a particularly hoppy beer, you know, at least not in, not that you're going to detect. Um, man, that was nice. Uh, that's about as good as it's gotten this week. That was lovely.
0: Yeah, the only risk you run, of course, is being cool ship beer. If it wasn't well produced, this sounds like it absolutely is well produced, so not an issue at all, is if something yeah. went awry in the cool ship that took some time to sort of seed
1: Like breweries in Connecticut, they're in Oxford, Connecticut. That's where you'll find OEC.
0: Yep. So what I'm thinking about is a beer that it's not a flaw with them, but it's a known um, change that it goes through. And and some people age this beer, others like it fresh. I like it both ways. I'm thinking of, and you said this wasn't a sour, but this is a sour. I'm thinking of the classic that everybody's had. If they haven't, go out and buy one. They're available everywhere, or should be available maybe not at a jewel but you can find them at yep. a, any decent bottle shop and that's Orville. that
1: oh yeah Orville. yeah it's not that's not sour by nature but it's no. it's funky
0: yeah it's funky but the massive change it goes through from something that's um, just been released onto shelves versus sure. something that you've aged for 12 18 months The change there is dramatic. And I I think you're probably talking a much longer change than than September that you were talking about. But it does it's almost two separate beers. An aged orville is different to something that is relatively fresh.
1: There's a tap room I've been to in Orlando, a weird place for this to exist. Um not by Disney World or whatever. Well, everything's by Disney World, but it's not that close. Um it's called Red Light, Red Light, and they have like a decades worth of Orval at all times, um, which is amazing. So you can go in there at any time and get it like 2011.
0: Now, what's uh, your view on it? Uh, Do you like it super old, like 2011, or are you like a 2018 yeah. guy or a or a 2020? I'll drink
1: fresh. I think it's delicious fresh. I like the hoppiness of it, but you know, a year old is fine. I think I think it's nice when one two years where the hops have died off, but it's still got a little. <laughs> bounce to it, you know what I mean? Uh, after that, it's just a lot of oxy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's And it's fun to try and it's fun to share, but I don't know if I'm looking to take down a bottle of, of 10-year-old Belgian pale ale, you know? Not for me.
0: Underrated that's style. My, I'm, I'm my surprised res- more people... It. I'm surprised that's a style people haven't put a twist on. I, don't, I know it's been oh. spiced to hell, but I mean... Let's an all-time great
1: beer was from Great Green Flash, and they don't make it anymore, or I'm not sure they exist anymore, but they made a beer called Rayon Vert. Uh, I mean, it was a Brett Belgian pale, and yep. it was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was so good. Um, and uh, Matilda is a classic Belgian pale here. It's modelled after Orval um, yep. by Goose Island.
0: That's, a, that's an old-timer. You talk about Green Flash. They were one of the first breweries that I got stuff um, locally, that had come from America, and they they were a OG for West Coast IPA.
1: Delicious beers, yeah. I mean, yeah. them and Alpine, I think are, are both sort of. I don't know if Green Flash even still is kicking anything out, but I, I know Alpine is. But they're they're both struggling. Um, Tony, anything else that you drank this week that you wanna you wanna give us a summary of?
0: I I do. Um, if people can hold with me because I was not organized. There was a beer that I posted on our Discord. That oh, yeah, I tagged you in that I thought was particularly tasty. Um, sure, it was by um, um, I think it's Chore Brewing. It was, of course, the official beer of this podcast, which, as we know, Griffy's what kind of beer?
1: Uh, it's a hazy IPA, baby. It looks excellent and yep. uh, looks looks hazy as we like.
0: Yep. So this was the beer called Everything's Coming Up Millhouse. Has a great mm-hmm. um, bit of can art, but boy, does the beer inside live up to the can art? That was a five all day. It's the best thing I've had wow. in a while. Now, to give you some example, this this juicy hazy peach thing that I love, it's getting a four point two five. It's delicious. Uh, it's an easy drinker, and I savor it, but not like this this Millhouse. Um, everything's coming up Millhouse. It is. Just absolutely phenomenal. Um, they do some really good beers. I had one of their donut beers the other day. It wasn't like the um, maple bacon donut trash that we've both had. That was yeah, not good. This was, as somebody said, this is diabetes in a glass. This is this is some some action that would make the. Let me find it. Wow. Oh, my guy out there? Oh yep. no!
1: Oh, there he is. Hey, dude, we got to get you back on, bro.
0: <laughs> we do have to get him back on because he he was straight kicking out this this stuff, and it it was diabetes in a coma. Not sure I could take down a full can, even though I did. It was delightful. <laughs> Not sure I'd want to do a, a solo um, trip with that again. But boy, I could do millhouse every day of the week. That That, was, that was outstanding. What about That's yourself? Great. Outside of the uh, cool ship lager? Was there anything else that we need to note from either burial or somebody else that you had during the week? Well, it was a big
1: week. Um, I opened a couple of bottles of the Horus this week. Um, we, have broken, we have broken the seal on the Horus uh, bottles. Cracked open two of them over uh you know the last week or so um did want to mention those uh one will be uh one i think is well let me talk about the barrel aged one i had one of the barrel aged ones yesterday came in a 12 ounce bottle it's called plume ruffled uh it was um i'm gonna look double check the stuff it's it was all the things that are in horace beers but then aged in a weller bottle so, um, so this was.
0: What are those things uh, that go in a Horace Period? Woodford, are we talking a shit ton of fruit? Are we talking a shit ton of like weird adjuncts? Or what's it's the It's
1: pastry. It's it's pastry bot is 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 just doing his work on these, and he's got the same. It's pastry bot. If you ran a Taco Bell, he's just using the same six ingredients <laughs> and combos, and we all love it. Uh, Tony, this one is a Woodford Reserve Bourbon Barrel Aged Imperial Stout with coffee, hazelnuts. Bourbon Madagascar vanilla and Tahitian vanilla added. Uh, it was sixteen point eight percent. So an easy drinker, of course.
0: <laughs> nice uh, and
1: light. A, a distinct taste of the bourbon, distinctly taste. If you know Woodford, you would have said, "Damn, this tastes like Woodford Reserve." Me, I was like, "Well, if uh, this is what Woodford Reserve tastes like, I guess." <laughs> you know? Because you tasted like the bourbon, you know toffee almost you know that caramel bourbon flavor really distinct really really good um tell me if you, are you looking at this beer do you know what? The, are you seeing the rating
0: i have not seen the rating i i haven't looked at it
1: tony you want to guess what the rating was i'm I'm not going to kick you in the well just guess what the rating is
0: oh this is going to be high i'm i'm going to say oops sorry
1: 360, 363
0: check-ins okay People want to justify their Horace membership, so, and this sounds like an outstanding beer. Um, let me calculate that through my rubric: four point seven seven.
1: Yeah, you're right there. It's four point seven two. Um, it's uh, uh, it's it's insanely high rated. Uh, so that that was a, a delicious one. The one I really wanted to that'll be. Um, beloved by people in, on this podcast because they know the type of guy I am was the Dade Dolphin. I actually have a couple of bottles of this, that's why I was pretty excited to open it because I know I have some more. Tony, this is the Coconut King of the of the set. This is a non barrel aged beer. It's only only twelve percent, so no biggie. So and
0: um, this is their light, and I don't mean that in in the way Americans use it, but in Australia we have sort of three tiers of macro beer. We have light, which is low alcohol. We have mid strength, which is 3.8 to four. And then we have heavy, which is 4.2 to 5.8.
1: This is the session version. Yeah. Uh, This is a Imperial stout with coconut candy, coconut sugar, desiccated coconut, marshmallows, and Muscovado sugar. Um, Tony, I loved this, and uh, it is not, I'm not, I mean, I, it's not getting the rating that Plume Ruffled is. I'm not going to make you play. It's not that interesting. It's 4.3, whatever. You know, that's fine um, for, for a big cocoa stout from a place you're spending a shitload of money to do, And um, but, dude, I loved it, and I've had Coconut Crown, which was one they did from last year's membership because I had a buddy share it with me, and that was probably more coconut. This was less, a little less coconut, a little more sweet. But boy, it was still enough coke. It was, <laughs> and I, I had no problems with this. I uh, had no p- trouble knocking the goddamn thing down on a Saturday night. So uh, well, that's the question it, I was uh, going to ask. Lovely.
0: Because it's not really something that our our good buddy Pastry Bot would do. But this seems like it it wouldn't have had a, a an absolute um like gloopy body. This wouldn't have been an oil oil based beer. This would have had a more traditional based body. Um, because of the amount of sugar, something more like a Belgian in in that alcohol range.
1: I, I've actually found so far with the first two I've had. Now I know the bourbon dries out the beers a little bit, the barrel. Um, but I have not found either of them to be of the like thick candy, you know, t- feel. You know, sort of like eating when when you're eating cheap chocolate, that feeling in your mouth. You know, yeah, I haven't I haven't had any of that issue. They've they've both been uh, I guess they've had enough mouthfeel to to make you know that you're having it, I guess, and they, <laughs> they, but they've not had an uncomfortable richness or an uncomfortable thickness to them that makes you uneasy to drink it, I do, guess.
0: Uh, do you think that's part of the Horace appeal? Like this is not something that's a rarity in today's marketplace in its alcohol content, even its mm-hmm. adjuncts. A ton of people are doing this, but obviously – They're doing it well and consistently well, and they're producing a product that other people aren't choosing to replicate.
1: I think if you're going to make these beers well, you have to ferment them fully. (laughs) If that makes sense, yeah, Um, you're going to have a hard time making the beers consistently um, unless you're doing if unless you're able to repeat the behaviors. If you know what I mean, so uh, I am not surprised that their beers have had a. Slightly, boy, dry is the wrong word for these beers. They have candy and marshmallows in them. They're not dry, but they yeah. are clean. Uh, if if that makes sense, right? They're, They're fully
0: fermented. These are these are fully attenuated beers. Would be the term we right. would use in brewing they, parlance. As much as, they,
1: as much as they can be, right? With all that added sugar, right? They're not going to no, be. See, there's still sugar floating around, residual sugar floating around in there. But
0: see, all that sugar actually ferments almost a hundred percent out. That yes, there's some some. More complex molecules that that won't, but that sugar is there to dry it out. And that's kind of my point. Why aren't more people balancing their beers in the same way that that Horace is doing? Because that's what they're actually doing. They're throwing more sugar at it to help it attenuate, to help dry it out. To make I think something... it's
1: because it's expensive as shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but <laughs> to make something, mean... yeah, but they're making something that goes from a motor oil that that may have a OG, uh, an fg in the ten point zero three range, mm-hmm. and probably drying it out to a beer that's in the the ten point twos. Now, only somebody right. that brews knows what I mean there. But it it's taking something that's that's super thick, super super sweet. Super heavy. Yeah, we're talking the most over-the-top dessert you ever had and just taking it down a cog to a, a lovely chocolate cake that you can eat a full slice of rather than the densest chocolate tart that you can only take two mouthfuls of. And that's what they're doing with the sugar. They're actually helping it finish, giving it some air, giving it giving the beer space to breathe.
1: Um, no, you're exactly right. If you look at the pictures, you can even tell, right? You can tell it's not a big big mega, mega monster leaving a bunch of um, residual stick stickiness on the glass or anything like that. Um, yeah, they're fantastic. It's hard not to crack one all the time. I mean, they're, they're wonderful, but fortunately I have burial coming this week, so that'll stop me for a little bit. Um, one other thing I drank uh, that I wanted to mention, um, I got some gloop from the veil uh, that I mentioned last week. Cracked open both of those. They're both delicious. The Tefnut Orange Pineapple Whip, which tastes like a Dole Whip. And the Luxurious Luxury Six, which has a bunch of, like, mango and passion fruit and all that stuff in it. The latter, um, I don't want to blame it for this. We could, we could argue uh, if I made some good I, – I think I made some bad de- eating decisions. Uh, I did drink this beer – and uh, I, you know, like anyone who eats a bunch of salt, fruit solids that have alcohol in it and, and ferment sour, um, I do I am prone to getting a little heartburn feeling, if that's not unusual. Maybe some reflux.
0: Yeah, I'm getting it and with then this carrot beer. I did, beer, I did eat
1: I did then eat a uh, very delicious pizza from a play, nearby place called Pizza Rock that had a bunch of spicy soprasada on it. And I did wake up at uh, one thirty in the morning, just uncomfortable as shit.
0: Uh, well, can I blame your stomach rather than any of the things you had? Because I don't want them to take the blame. Because no, it's
1: not, It's nothing. None of these things' fault is my brain and my stomach. Yeah, yep. is, uh, Those are two things I should not have. I should have known better than to have together, on a school night. <laughs> and uh, they are. Uh, they were both wonderful independently. The pizza was absolutely delicious but it is reminding me that gloop is a gloop is a saturday afternoon adventure to be undertaken <laughs> with many friends. just a reminder to, to me that a 10% imperial Berlin or gosa or whatever the hell it was is maybe <laughs> not a uh, maybe nothing you should be opening after 3 p.m. just that's just my uh, my advice to yeah. even though i'm only in my 30s i i am not i am not incapable of dealing with that.
0: now we struggle for good pizza around here, so always looking for, for good bread-based things to do. Oh,
1: dude, this is good, man. It was really good. Yeah. Um,
0: so bought a couple of recipe books lately. Not sure whether you're into recipe books. You're a food person. Maybe you own a couple. Oh, yeah,
1: no, yeah sure. Yeah, I got some of them.
0: So I bought Claire Safford's Dessert Person. Really good book. Oh, yeah. She's got a focaccia recipe in there
1: uh, and, I've, I've seen i had a friend who made that um who made that focaccia recipe recently it looked really good
0: well there's another cookbook and you'll be familiar with this author also has focaccia in it really simple recipe um this this guy's a shrinking violet um he's not um unique looking in any way he's not um Upbeat in his delivery style. Very low energy dude. Um, it's a guy called Matty Matheson. As a oh, cook. I love
1: yeah. Matty. Uh, he made that. Have you seen that? him
0: making that sheet pan pizza? Yes, I have. Dude, that looks good, doesn't it? It does. So I got the book, Home Style Cookery. Anybody familiar okay. with that series on on, yeah. on YouTube? Uh, that book is absolutely phenomenal. It has a focaccia recipe on it. And he actually said what you should do is make it, slice it, put some thin slices of mortadella and some rocket in it and enjoy. Now, that to me is perfection. Um, Rocket, of course, being arugula. um, Australia, we rename it to rocket. Sure. I can't
1: actually find this stupid pizza that I ate, but it had sada and it had... um, it had arugula on it and red sauce and it was fucking good. Um and they what? had a great it's actually the place is run by the guy who has the pizza college. Are you familiar with the pizza with pizza I am. college? <laughs> I am. Pizza. yeah. It's that guy who runs this place. Um it's very good.
0: What is your favorite meat topping for a pizza? Just meat Dude, topping.
1: I, I love soapersada on pizza. It's great. It's like fancy pepperoni, man. It's spicy as
0: hell too. It's good, but to me, and this was this was in the good old days of Bon Appetit when they were underpaying their staff and and yeah, mm-hmm. doing all that,
1: that that sexually harassing them or whatever. Yeah,
0: all that shady shit. Um and they changed my mind on this and I've tried it since. Adding mortadella to a pizza is oh, yeah, phenomenal.
1: It's like fried bologna, dude. It's like crispy and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yep. Super good. I also
1: uh, as a Chicagoan I of course love the fen- the fennel very fennel heavy italian sausage from yep. chicago on there the crumbled sausage and if you go to uh, lumel nati's my wife does not like this but you get the um you get the like hub cap of of sausage on top they they take the raw sausage and they push it down into the crust into like a big patty and it cooks on top of the pizza um, one big oh. sausage pan. It's and so you get every bite gets a little sausage patty in it.
0: Um, so, am I imagining this right? Did, yeah. this, this is a deep dish pizza, but with sure. a lid on it, but not like a pastry lid. We're talking so like a, the, a hamburger lid. Yep.
1: Yeah, you put the cheese on, and then you push the sausage on top of the cheese to the edge oh. of the crust, and then you put the sauce on. Or it's not even sauce. It's it's raw San Marzano tomatoes. Yep. Bake whole thing in the oven for an hour. Comes out great.
0: Now, can I tell you that that was one thing that I was very sceptical about Chicago cuisine because you think the tomato is going to be overly sweet, overly cloying. Mm. How can you eat more than two spoonfuls of this? That's not what deep dish pizza is. Done right, it is as light or lighter than other styles of pizza. I'm a huge fan of it.
1: Deep dish pizza should not come out like lasagna. That's why Giordano's is kind of... Not my favorite, but it should not come out like lasagna. It, it should be no cheesier than a normal pizza is, you know. Yep. Um, sometimes we go a little overboard with the meat. Okay, the big sausage patty, I get it, you know, whatever.
0: I'm right there um, with you, though. That, that's but, that's uh, the right choice.
1: Yeah, but, um, you know, the crust should not be big and chewy and pastry-like. It should be crispy. And yep. uh, maybe a little buttery, if anything.
0: You yeah, know? little buttery, more more pie-like, and that's it is called yeah, a pie.
1: It's more but... like a short crust, in a way. Um. It's it's great. Now, see, now I, I've only I rarely eat deep dish. I mean, the pizza of choice for a for a local tends to be the tavern cut, square cut. You know, tavern cut Chicago pizza with the kind of browned cheese on top. But
0: so is that like uh, a yeah. traditional pizza, but served like a Detroit Detroit style pizza in the fact that it's yeah, of, it's pan. like a big
1: circle and no, it's a big it's a big pan, Pete. I mean, not a pan. It's a big um, you know, crack not cracker crust, but a thin crust pizza in a big circle. But we you know we just cut it into the squares, right? Oh, so you just yep cut it across, so it comes in party cut. I guess you could call it too.
0: Yep, we do that. So we've... We
1: do it it tavern cut, and then you cook it. They sort of cook it. I always think the best places do it where they broil it enough or they cook it enough that the cheese. It's just sort of browning on top. Yeah. Um, I really, really like, it. Yeah.
0: Now, I just want to talk a little bit more food before we get into today's game and let our, our listeners go. But for Christmas, I got one of the best presents ever, and it was a burger press. And it was a really oh, yeah. weighty burger press because I yeah, love like it. Yeah. Sure. I love my smash burgers. I'm, I'm like the king of them. I do it George Moat style where I cook yes. one side, super crispy, handful of onions on, on that raw side, and then flip it over, cooks the onions while it cooks the burgers, keeps everything moist. It's like what White Castle should be. So good. Yeah. Just in a milk roll. Or White Castle
1: should never be anything besides White Castle, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> that, that,
0: that That is true. But <laughs> I just want to say I've come up with an another use um, for the burger press, and that is for making the best toasted sandwiches.
1: Oh, yeah, like a, like a a kind of like a panini press type thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're not adding a lot of pressure. And, of course, the key things are don't use a lot of temperature. People toast their toasted sandwiches way yeah, too hot. You yeah, want to yeah. take your time. Let that cheese melt inside. The cheese should be completely melted. You should get a good cheese pool if you're using a, little, a stringy maybe cheese. Maybe get,
1: get a little butter in that pan a little bit. So no, you get more like, no, no, no. This no, is the other that.
0: mistake. This is the other mistake people make. You don't use butter at all. Uh, This is a a thing that our good buddy Photo Man actually does, and he did it on Facebook, but I've been doing it before him. Um, This is a trick. I don't know where I picked it up. You want to use, and it's a specific brand, Hellman's Whole Egg Mayonnaise. You want to butter butter that on the outside of the bread nice Uh, and thick. that's a good
1: idea. Yeah, it's
0: just oil, yeah. It makes... With, it's just oil with a little bit of egg, so it makes egg, yeah. an even crustier um, outside and keeps your bread nice and soft, really seals it off beautifully. Um, a good sourdough, a good plain loaf works, and you just put this burger press on the top um, mm-hmm. and you don't add any pressure. It's just the perfect weight where it compresses the filling but doesn't compress the bread. Oh, perfect, better than a panini press, and go nice and Seems- low and slow on it.
1: Same shit as people who get freaked out by it. It makes me think of the thing we've talked about with Brian. It's like people get freaked out about the idea of like rubbing your turkey with mayonnaise or something. It's like, well, it's just oil, dude, and egg, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all the same shit that you would put in these in your food. Um, yeah, that sounds really good, Tony. I, I just ate too. and I was just complaining about how I was going to fall asleep during the show, and I'm like, oh, what if I had a sandwich? That's not bad. Um, all right, Tony. We have a game that's maybe a little time-consuming, so I want to get into it. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how badly this goes. Um, last week in the game, I threw you for many curveballs. Um, it was a tough, an almost impossible game because the 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 slot machines and the beers were pretty much identical. This week, if I had to predict, you'll you'll get you'll go three for three in this week's All right.
0: game. And what game but are we this playing?
1: Week's, this week's game is, of course, back from a long hiatus. It's Two Brews and a Lie. Beer. 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 That was a lie. We're back with a new edition of Two Brews and a Lie. The reason I can give that we haven't done it for a while is exactly the what I was thinking when I was writing the game, which I said, God damn, this is hard to write <laughs> fuck man um, so I was uh, it is a hard game to write it's much easier for me to laugh and go on the Caesars website and look at the <laughs> slot machine it's way more interesting this is work um, but I did the work because I love our pants um, I guess or whatever um, <laughs>
0: so you're telling really, me yeah, that you didn't wanted- have a creative ri- creating, creative, writing major in college
1: I was not a creative writing major. I was a English major, but I did do some creative writing, of course. So, No, I do want to do this. And this was part of the reason I like doing the show is I like doing written bits. So I forced myself to try and be creative. Um, we'll see how creative I was. The problem is with this game is if I'm too creative, uh, it's a very <laughs> easy
0: game.
1: You have to straddle <laughs> that line. It's okay. It can still be, if, it, as, even if you get all three, it's at least funny. Um, So this week I wanted to focus. So I've been looking on Facebook as usual, like any asshole I'm playing on social media and you get the ads pop up. Lately I've been getting fed ads for what I would call beer or like booze gadgets. So it's just stuff that does something to your beer or it's a way to improve your beer or it's a, uh, you know, infomercial type doodad that can make drinking better again or, you know, make it, like it used to be before the pandemic, or don't you miss this about drinking? Well, we've fixed it, or so on and so forth. So um, I thought we'd play a version. These are not brews, in fact. These are just brew things, uh, but it is a two brews and a lie game, and I've put together a list of beer-like beer gadgets and things, and we are going to go through them, and you can tell me which of these – are fake and which of them are in the real world. And I do think that you might have – what I do think you'll have is you, you'll you probably be able to figure out the fake one, but you will be disappointed that they all exist. Um, okay. So all right, so here's the first round, Tony. Okay, what you got?
0: Now, I love a good kitchen gadget. Well, I love mm-hmm. the idea I of love, a good yeah. kitchen gadget. My all-time favourite was a um, – well, there's actually two. There's a corn shucker, which is, mm-hmm. this, this, it's a metal um, circle with a, a blade on one side and you just run it down the cob of corn and it shucks all the corn off the cob. Um, you can get them at a Japanese, um, like, dollar store. Um, don't know whether sure. you have them, Daiso. Um, they're a really, no, handy, oh, really handy gadget. The other one that I'm a big fan of, singular use item. And this is back when I was making pineapple shrubs is a pineapple oh, yeah. ringer where you, oh yeah, yeah, you put it down into the pineapple. It takes the core out and it makes your the pineapple thing- into spirals. It is if so you need a lot
1: of pineapple though. It's worth it. I mean, that thing, I mean, it's dealing with a pineapple is a bitch sometimes. Um, yep. yeah, I don't think you're going to have that feeling about any of this crap. Me, okay. But we'll,
0: all yeah, right. I was about to say, I, I hate, um, Almost every single big gadget I've ever seen. So,
1: yeah, these these remind me of the gadgets that um, make us mad about coffee, where sort of the simplest way to enjoy coffee is sort of the best way to do it. These sort of strike me as that, but we'll see what you think. Uh, This first round I have is just these are what I would call draft gadgets. These are things that are supposed to do draft beer for some reason. And in places, maybe you shouldn't do it. Um, so what I'm going to give you, Tony, is I'm actually going to give you the a, a description of it as best as I can. And I'm actually going to try to give you like a form factor description. I'm not going to send you a picture of it because I think that would maybe spoil it. Um, <laughs> I did not do a lot of prototyping, we'll say.
0: No Photoshop work?
1: Leave that to DJ
0: Kellett.
1: And I'm going to – yeah, well, he's, he's, the, he's the expert. Um, and then I'm going to try to give you like a price uh, of these. We'll see how well I do here. All right, here's your first one. This one is called the Poralytics Bottle and Can Draftinator. Let's face it, draft beer tastes better than packaged. Brewers and drinkers know it, and with tap rooms across the nation, closed due due to the pandemic, we're reminded of it every day. Manufacturers haven't been able to keep up with keg fridge demand from beer lovers stuck at home and even then, it's hard for the home drinker to enjoy a full keg while it's fresh. With the new draft Draftinator, you can have the taste of draft beer in seconds. This revolutionary device aerates and recarbonates your beer so that you can enjoy the fresh, full flavor of a draft beer from any can or bottle.
0: That's what I want. To- I want some aerated beer, because that's what my $20... Uh, Hazy IPA really needs. It needs more air. It needs oxygenation. More more oxygen, I think, yep. Yeah, I agree.
1: This thing sort of – are you familiar with wine aerators, Tony? I um, am. The little uh, – uh, I, I can't imagine that little doodad does much. Um, nope. I have one in my house, actually, um, that one here.
0: Do you uh, know the best looks- way to aerate a wine
1: is actually – Just pour it into a decanter, maybe, would be the no. best way to do
0: it. If you want to do it quickly, pour it into a blender – Put the blender on for five second bursts. Aerate's the fuck out of your wine.
1: Yeah, with your beer yeah, I'd recommend it. <laughs> um, so this it sort of looks like that thing, and uh, this thing cost fifty nine
0: ninety nine. Okay, I think it's a um, bad, bad idea, but I could see this existing. Don't know about the name though. the The name's a bit dodgy.
1: <laughs> this uh, here's you're gonna love the names of all these things, dude. Uh, this, here's your next one. This one's great. This one's called the UKeg Carbonated Growler. Achieve your desired level of crispness, freshness, and fizz you get from sipping pints at bars and tap houses with your very own carbonated growler. Simply fill the keg with your favorite beer, screw on the CO2-filled lid, select your desired pressure and enjoy incredibly refreshing pints from the comfort of your own home. The keg allows you to store beer for a while in the refrigerator so you can drink it at your own pace. And this thing, Tony, if you're wondering, it looks like a growler in the base, but then it has like a tube running up to a draft-like handle with a CO2 monitor on it. Yep.
0: Um, now, you don't yeah. need to do more of an explanation for this is because I actually own one of these products, Not maybe <laughs> that, maybe not that brand, but I'll tell you why I own it and maybe you, you'll think that was a good idea or not, but I actually had it for homebrew, not mm. specifically for any other purpose. Often out of your fermentation ve- vessel you would get more beer than your 19-litre sure. or five-gallon keg could hold and you'd have a couple of litres left over, I would then pop it into a carbonated growler, carb it up and serve it um, for okay. just, just saving a little waste. Otherwise, I think they're an absolute pain in the ass. Um, and just do a tap fill off a growler and drink it within six hours. You're fine.
1: Well, rats, uh, if you're wondering, this one does cost for the 64-ounce it is one hundred and fifty nine dollars, <laughs> and there is a the hundred twenty eight ounce version as well. That is one hundred and ninety nine dollars.
0: Uh, that is that is absolutely crazy bullshit. Um, in Australia, you can get them for much cheaper. But at, at up to one hundred twenty eight ounces, how many liters is that? Because we have mini kegs. The
1: is that that would maybe be well. It's a little. It's about a gallon. So whatever that is, four oh. eight four.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I'm just doing the conversion on Google. I think it's about four, 3.78, so just just shy of four. We've got three litre mini kegs that are available at our home brew shop for doing, like I was talking about, for excess beer for a home brewer. buy a corny
1: keg or some shit for that. I mean, what are you doing?
0: That's that's exactly what it is. It's just, you know what a corny, you obviously know what a corny keg is. If you can imagine a chopped down version of that, same width, just much, much stubbier, sort of just. Just yay high. I could get a keg
1: full of beer for less than $200. I mean, yeah. You know, this is all right. Well, that's now now you're now you're paying one brew in a lie because uh, you know the thing (laughs) is good. Um, (laughs) Here's the last one from this one. I don't think this will be the case with the next round. If you have any of the stuff in the next two rounds, I'm I'm getting we're gonna have to have an intervention or something. Um, All right. This one is called. The physics draft pour beer dispenser. And I'm just to just to point out how clever it is. I want to say it's physics spelled like fizz, like um, fizzy in your beer. Um, All right, Tony, this one, there's a time and a place for drinking beer straight from the bottle or can. That time is officially up and that place no longer exists. With the Physics Draft Pour, you can enjoy nitro style draft beer anywhere. Physics converts beer's natural carbonation into dense, uniformly sized bubbles called microfoam, trademark, which enhances the aroma, flavor, and mouthfeel of any beer. Draft Pour makes every beer taste better. Uh, they do add here. <laughs> They do add here that it is conveniently powered with a USB wall adapter or two AA batteries. (laughs) It accommodates all cans and bottles. um, And it is uh, ultra lightweight
0: also. And it's also real. I know this product exists. Oh, shit. (laughs) So, it wasn't your shitty writing. I, I thought the first one, it was going to be real. So, I cannot blame your writing, but the physics also. I can remember when this thing was a Kickstarter. This had some hype around it. Uh, Dude, apparently thing not terrible.
1: This is fucking crazy, and it also costs $125, if you're wondering.
0: Yeah, I hear um, it's not worth the money, but I hear it, it's not terrible. It doesn't destroy your beer with oxygen, and it does make the bubbles more dense somehow. Um, dude why do I want a
1: nitro style pour of my beer I don't know I mean I guess
0: come on put Horace on nitro how good would that be coconut Horace nitro beer now we're talking that's what Horace need to do it's like Guinness uh, have you had one of those they're terrible
1: it's not good yeah (laughs)
0: like that's they just shouldn't go together
1: all right, Tony, you know what you knew it. It's, it was the first one I made it up. So just cause you own the other two or whatever. Um, all right, fine. Next round. The poor lytics would work though. No, it wouldn't. It's a piece of shit. i made up a piece of garbage. I, just, I was just thinking of the wine aerator and how big of a piece of shit it is and how funny it would be if you did that for beer. Um, all right, here you go. Uh, this second, this next round, Tony is for brewing devices. You're you're probably going to know some of these, too. We'll find out. This one's called the Beer Droid. It's the Beer Droid Automated Beer Brewing System. It's the world's first fully automated brewing system, which I, first of all, would like to complain about that uh, title. Yep. Um, All right, so the Beer Droid brews point. Uh, it brews 10 liters of premium quality beer at the push of a button. This temperature controlled fermenter allows you to brew brew print recipes customized using brew art ingredients, including brew Art's range of dry hops or craft your own recipes scaled for 2.5, 2.6 gallons. That's what 10 liters is. Yep. So you got it. It's got an app, Tony, Uh, You get kind of a bag of of various ingredients, so it gives you like a hot bag, and you get like a malt extract powder and and some crap. And um, you get... uh, I'm going to just scroll down here, and this one is uh, $449. It's a slick-looking device. If I had to describe what it looks like, it's sort of like a... um, it's sorta of like a, a keg uh, with a with a little um with a little monitor on it. Yeah. Tight.
0: This is a poor man's pico brew. I think it's real, if I remember correctly, back from my brewing days. I think this is a real. But I'm not a hundred percent sure you could have come up with this, but there are certainly plenty of devices out yeah. there. The Pico Brew, Brew being the I'm most trying, famous, and
1: me, me, me trying to sound like I'm coming—it's a, a thing that looks like a keg with a computer on it. <laughs> uh, that sounds like something I'd think of. I gotta say, I gotta give myself that. Um, so this is a keg with a little fucking LED screen on it or something. It's pretty, pretty cool. Um, all right, so there's that. Here's your next one. This 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 one. This one you're going to like. This one is called the, boy, I I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. This one is called the Brew, I think it's the Brewski, but I think you could also say it's the Brew Sky, which I think is also clever. The Brewski brings homebrew beer to your countertop without all of the prep. The waiting and the uncertainty of standard homebrewing. I read that weird. Without all of the prep, the waiting, (laughs) and the uncertainty of standard homebrewing. Brewski's patented design allows for you to be drinking your own fresh homebrew in mere hours rather than days or weeks. Kits. Brewski subscription kits come with all you need in one handy bag. Just place the bag into the Brewski, switch it on, and the Brewski's pressurization elements will transition the ingredient bag into the proprietary internal micro-brew house to make you your perfect homebrew. The Brewski's heating, cooling, and pressurization elements allow for great beer to be brewed quickly and transferred into our mini-bright tank for quick serving. 24 hours from start to finish, and proprietary technology carbonates your beer as it's poured into your glass. Now that's fresh. It yields 64 ounces. It is... uh, It is... uh, $199.99, 199 dollars you do a subscription for the kits. The kits are about, depending on what run you get, about $15 each. This thing, Tony, if I had to compare it to something and what it looks like and all the diagrams, are you
0: familiar with the Juicero, Tony? I'm not. Is this kind of like a um, like Nespresso machine?
1: The Juicero was a device that was a Kickstarter thingy, yes. I believe, and the, it was with just, the pre-packaged
0: like, bags of fruit. I know what the Juicero right. is you now. Just,
1: you could just squeeze it into your mouth, and <laughs> yeah. it tasted the same. Uh, this has a little bit of that look to it, to yep. me. That's that's the feel I get from it.
0: Like so homebrew is not a- not hard. This is a gadget that doesn't need to exist. I don't know where this myth comes from. Clean your shit, pitch plenty of yeast. You're fine. You won't have an infected bee. Just clean so your shit.
1: Yeah, exactly. So that's the Bruce Brewski or Brew Sky, uh, whatever you want to call it. And here's, here's your last one, Tony. This is the, I'm going to call it the Beer Maker. It's Beer MKR. All this stuff has the tech bro names. So it's got a ski or a lee or a maker or, a, or whatever. <clears throat> so here's how this thing works. beer makers or heating elements throughout the machine, bring the brew up to temp during the mash step. This heating process breaks down the grain starches into sugars, creating wort. Yeah. Uh, so that's just kind of describing beer, um, ferment proper (laughs) fermentation is high quality beer, beer maker, CO2 monitoring and temperature control system can see exactly what is happening inside your beer. And its heat exchanger keeps the yeast at the ideal fermentation temperature automatically. So there you go. Throughout the fermentation process, waste and trub has fallen into the waste bag, TM. It's waste bag in one <laughs> word, um, leaving you a beer bag, also one word, full <laughs> of delicious beer. <laughs> Simply remove the beer bag and transfer it to your beer tap. Screw in the provided CO2 and <laughs> set it in your fridge, and after a couple days, your beer will be fully carbonated and ready to pour. So, this thing, Tony, are you familiar with a like square or like a clover device, like yes. that um, does repeat point of sale systems? Yeah. Yep. That's what this looks like to me. Um, it looks like that with and the and the the tapping thing looks like the receipt printer just sitting next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the uh, that's the diagram I got here. So
0: that took a turn. <clears throat> that one, I, I was sure that was just going to be a plain old automatic brew system, but when you were talking about these bags, and I imagine them kind of beer like beer goon, bag. goon bags. Are you familiar with goon? Yeah. So sure. Yep. Yeah. and 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 like the the trub bag being like like this beer diaper, taking away the waste and being sealed up, and <laughs> so. I think this has has some hallmarks of you. I think the brewski might exist. I don't know how it does it in twenty four hours.
1: You're but if you're wondering, this thing costs uh, five hundred and seventy nine dollars, and you can get a a uh, the beers are about it's it's the same as the brewski. It's about fifteen dollars for a for a for a uh, whatever a kid or whatever.
0: Yep, I'm going to say the last one is the fake B gadget.
1: Tony, unfortunately, that one is real. Um, the fake one is the brewski. Ah. Um, I made up the brewski.
0: Uh, should, have brew been, should have been tipped off by the 24-hour fermentation thing. It just yeah, didn't make yeah. sense. That you yeah, could... no, there's...
1: Uh, if you just keep... I, I've learned, and this is sort of how um, the... Uh, the fucking blood lady. I'm too stupid to remember the name of the company. The the the, the lady with the blood shit
0: Oh Elizabeth um, drop- Holmes.
1: Elizabeth Holmes, yep. This is how she um this is how she got really far. She just saying proprietary. <laughs> yes. It's a proprietary thing that does it. You know, you just as long as you say that enough times, you'll probably you'll probably be able to to figure it out. But
0: that's you know? why the last one I thought was, was fake because of the amount of proprietary technology in it with the trademarks and whatever else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of that. And the, I got more of it coming up for you, honestly. So <laughs> hopefully I didn't give away my secrets, but, um, that, uh, that what you did get wrong and I can see why, because all this shit is mega fucked up. Um, probably the giveaway should have been the, uh, $579. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if I could come up with something that I think should cost that much. Um, All right. Last round. This is taking forever, of course, but here we go. This one is for shit that makes booze fast. And maybe the last, maybe the brewski should have fit into this. But um, these are sort of maybe, oh, they're gadgets. But, you know, they've got sort of other things about them. So the first one is called Buzz Bubbles. Okay. (laughs) Buzz Bubbles will harden any regular seltzer water in minutes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Buzz Bubbles brings a flavorless, dehydrated alcohol to your favorite flavor of any soft seltzer. Maybe you love the cool coconut of a certain French-named brand or the assertive black cherry flavor of a bubbly competitor. But you are also looking to relax with friends or decompress after work,
0: and don't simply have a bottle in,
1: of vodka. Simply add in our patent pending special ingredient <laughs> packet, and your seltzer will harden to a drinkable, crushable, four point three percent. So okay. these are like um, these look like ramen packets to me. Uh, if you know the packets that come in your like ramen mix, and yep. you just it looks like you just dump it into your um, thing. There is no. Where I can buy this is one problem with this one. Um, I can't figure out how to get this because I, as you know, I would already have this. So that's, that's one, that's one issue I have with it. All right. Next one. This is called the drink works. The drink works. And please let me Yes. Uh, this is called the drink works. Tony, the drink works is a, uh, this is more of a device looking thing. And, uh, yep. So this is sort of like a pod. N- you were talking about Nespresso. This is in the Nespresso realm of stuff. Okay. Um, so this, here you go. So after purchasing your uh, Drinkworks, plug it in and follow the on-screen instructions to get set up. Download the Bluetooth-enabled Drinkworks app to monitor CO2 levels, check the water temperature, order pods, and more. Um, and you pick your pod. So there's a wide selection of cocktails, brews, and more. So there is some kind of brew you can stick in here. I don't know if they mean beer or not. Um, oh my god! I hope so. Um, so you can put a little pod in there, and it'll uh, it'll spit out a drink essentially, just like an espresso will. So you just throw your pod in there, you press start, and your co- and your cocktail or your beer or whatever spits out of this very expensive three hundred dollar thing. It will make bar quality cocktails, brews, spritzers, and more at the push of a button and it has a picture uh i I, the diagram i have of it has a picture of a moscow mule on it so that's how you know it's
0: i'm not sure whether this is real but it's not a terrible idea i don't think i'd buy it i think the results may, may be terrible and the price is high and the other thing that is leaning towards this this shit's real is we all know you're not good at pricing. You gave that away in the last game. If you were making this up, you would have priced this at seventy nine ninety nine, available from Walmart and other leading suppliers.
1: Oh yeah. Um, well, I don't know if I can argue with that. All right. Next up, <laughs> this one. This one, whether I made it up or not, I, I, I am not going to give away. But we're gonna. I'm just going to say it's my favorite one. Um, this is my favorite uh and we know that I love the things I make up, but I'm it, we'll see you know this this is my favorite. This is called Bruzy. This turns any juice into delicious wine or cider in five days.
0: time frame' not terrible, not terrible,
1: right um. So the description is just bullet points. Now this is either way. I am. am It turns any juice into delicious wine or cider. One kit makes 12 to 18 bottles. Doesn't say what just says bottles. No size given there. Sold out three X this season already. Perfect for gift giving. (laughs) That's my favorite one. (laughs) Love it. Or a hundred percent of your money back. My favorite is perfect for gift giving. Um, So essentially what you get is, okay, the magical bruisey bag transforms any juice into high-quality wine or cider in five days right in the bottle. So you dump something in, uh, sort of like the buzz bubbles. You dump something in there, and uh, you essentially make your own – I'm going to call it your own, like, Boone's Farm. (laughs) Uh, you, you put, you, 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 can use the bottle and it, it's uh, presumably you want like a half empty bottle so that it has room
0: Yeah, okay. and
1: you, uh, you dump it in there and you can turn your Similac or something into alcohol. Um,
0: yeah.
1: not Similac, uh, uh, no, um, fucking, uh, no, uh, Similac is baby form. Maybe you could <laughs> do it with that. Um, what's the baby Gator Pedialyte? um and yeah you just and they uh, you can buy um they they have upgrades to have like a bottling kit or some jugs but they say fuck that you don't need it if you don't want it you can just pour it right into your uh juicy juice and it will ferment so um there's add-ons there's subscriptions you can do all that stuff um, they have some carboys and stuff on here. They have like sort of fancy stuff. But, um, yep, make your own wine or cider or just fermented juice in five days with the Bruzy. Well, so those are your options in the, in the final round. Bruzy, you got the Drinkworks, and you got the Buzz Bubbles.
0: I think the Buzz Bubbles is the fake one. Here's my rationale. I think the second product is a good idea. I think the third one... It's easy to implement. It's just ghetto cider making or wine making. People have been doing it for years. They just get even bread wine. But if you want to kick it up a notch, get some cheap brewer's yeast, put a balloon on, on top of your bottle, there you go. The last one's done and sort of do that in gadget form. You can yep. print money. That thing's walking off the shelf. Dehydrated alcohol, I don't think, is a thing. I, I think that is the dead giveaway. I think that's something you created. I think it's a genius idea if we can get our scientists on that stat. I want me some dehydrated alcohol.
1: Yeah, I did a little Elizabeth Holmes right there, too, where I just made have something that doesn't exist. But, um, yeah, you're right that I did make up the buzz bubbles. The Bruzy is my all-time favorite item. they f- we fucking white ladied prison wine. I yes. will never It is unbelievable. we we made prison wine gr- gr- uh, we put prison wine on the gram. Uh, we uh, we live laughed loved prison wine, we uh, whatever whatever it is, gentrified prison wine, all that shit uh, to make the Bruzy, which is fucking prison wine but cool, but fashion, you know, um, unbelievable, an all time favorite. I want to buy it so bad. I, I just, I'm boy, do I want to pay $45 for it? (laughs) Um, it's $45 for, I think you get three. Oh no. Oh no. You get, uh, how much do you get? No, yeah, you get <laughs> one. You get one for $45 to turn your Sunny D into fucking booze, <laughs>
0: into prison wine.
1: Oh, yeah. One kit makes 12. Okay, so okay, never mind. So I think uh, I think you get enough yeast to probably make more than one. Okay, yeah. so one kit 12 to 18 bottles of wine. So if you if you dumped one into your Sunny D, you'd probably still have you know 10 Twelve left there. Um, how I, ten you, get, you want your Sunny D to get, but yeah.
0: Look, if you want to recreate this, I can tell you exactly how to do it. Go to a dollar store, dollar store, buy yourself a packet of balloons, cost you a buck. Go to a home brewing mm. store, get uh, like a, a good um, cider, champagne, champagne yeast, champagne yeast, or even a cider strain, cost you maybe five bucks. That'll be enough for. That'll be enough for for forty eight bottles. Yeah, that's Job done. That. more than enough, yeah. For six bucks. Six bucks, right? yeah, yeah. Yep, plus the cost of the juice, which you're up for the cost of the juice anyway if you're not using the Bruzy. Job done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the Bruzy so much. It's time, <laughs> <Alzheimer's. laughs> And the pricing is so out of whack. Yeah, uh, It's um, madness. 45 bucks. just to, And really, it's only because you don't know what you're doing, right? So they're just saying, you have to give us $45 because – uh, we just figured out, we did the Googling for you to make, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really unbelievable. Uh, um, my other favorite thing that proves that what this is, is that the first question in the FAQ is, is it gluten free? <laughs> um, and then the second question is, is it keto, low carb and low sugar? <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> depends what yeast you put in it, I guess. uh. Good show, though. That's really right. good today. There Enjoyed go. the game. Uh, if people want to contact us, um, email us at beerengineshow at gmail.com. Is that the email address?
1: Uh, you, we, you nailed it, Tony. And you can hit us up on Instagram. We're Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Twitter, Beer Engine Pod. Uh, get in the discord we were talking about earlier, get in the discord, hit us on uh, Instagram, hit us up on our email. You can just chat us. We will send you the link and probably put it back up in our, um, in our Instagram here this week. Anyway. So yep. come check us out there. It's fun. Um, and peep us on untapped. You can even ping me on it. Hell, send me a message on untapped. I don't know how I will see it, but you could. Um, I'm Griff AD. Tony is at, is a uh, St. Ma's see what we're drinking, and, uh, you know, come check out more shows. Check out our back catalogue. It's all there. There's some classic moments out there, I'm sure. I don't know any of them. I don't know what they were, but they're out there. We we know that. Uh, Tony, we, we've gone way long uh, because my game was full paragraphs this week. Do you have any last uh, thoughts for the,
0: for the fans? I think we could come up with some crazy beer gadgets. I think some of those that you invented – are potential sellers, but I think we need to get Elizabeth Holmes on Mm -hmm. with her science degree, which I don't think she has, but Mm -hmm. I think we need to get her on the case to invent this dehydrated alcohol. It's a winner. I'm sure (laughs) Sleepy Joe would love some dehydrated alcohol. It's good to know that we've got a drinker back in the White House. Things can only improve. We now know never trust a non-drinker.
1: Yeah, and also you you can make hard a hard hard seltzer is insanely easy to make too. Um, I was looking up recipes for that actually today.
0: So. Yeah, you take um, plain seltzer and you add vodka. Job done. This is easy,
1: and and that's as easy. Add hey, and if you're Tony, put in the whipped cream vodka. You know, give it a little extra bite.
0: Whipped cream All or right. birthday cake.
1: Perfect. We will talk to you next week. See. Ya.